This is Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. It's Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Office Hours. Office Hours. Cue epic music. Not John Williams. Not that. So we gotta have music that's a little dumber. Although, I did notice a couple of music cues from Danny Elfin that I think they stole in the Whedon one. Welcome, everybody! It is here. It is time! You've been waiting. Is Darkseid after us? I don't know which cut you're watching, but he might be, because we're here at the Blockbuster Film School. I'm Alex Bonner, one of your professors, joined as always by the headmaster of Blockbuster Film School, Mr. Nicholas Souter. Where's my hype button? And as always, super producer Brian Taps. What's up, guys? <laughs> Brian doesn't sound like that anymore. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Brian, that's a lovely scene. We voice. ADR'd all of Brian's uh, voices, by the yes. way. Yes. We resaturated Brian yeah. so that he's more colorful. We reshot all of the scenes he was in <laughs> just for punch up so that we could have him say one joke yes. that is less funny. Are you ready for this? Turns out Joss Whedon is less funnier than Zack Snyder. That is the absolute truth. We're going to get into it, everybody, because this Office Hours is for the Snyder Cut. Everyone's talking about it. We'll talk about a lot of it because I'm not entirely sure of which players at HBO because that's the one thing that hasn't really been revealed. But whichever players at HBO decided to make a move where they said nobody is able during this pandemic to make a blockbuster, a new one. But there's rumbles on the internet about the Justice League Snyder Cut. There's rumbles. And if we could just do some reshoots and give this guy 70 million bucks to do this, then all of a sudden, we got a direct-to-video, a.k.a. direct-to-HBO Max blockbuster. We got it. People would like to see, and apparently everyone saw it, and I started having an HBO Max account. I would imagine that their HBO Max accounts went through the goddamn roof. Without a doubt. I mean, even if people sign up just for like a month or two, Mm -hmm. they're making all of that money back. Oh, dude. And now we're going to have Zack Snyder, which we have talked about. If you're not a Patreon member, we've talked about Zack Snyder in a secret episode. It's gonna, only for Patreon. Can I members. summarize that episode real fast? Yeah, yeah. We hate Zack Snyder. <laughs> I will say this. I think Nick hates Zack Snyder a little more than me. I feel like Zack Snyder is more of a hack in the truest sense that he has a great deal of talent, but doesn't quite understand what he's making sometimes, but has the bravado and smashes through things and is a bull in a china shop a lot of times in my opinion a bull in a china shop the boombox taped to it and he's just blasting (laughs) edm music yes we will get into this whether you like him whether you don't we've talked about this we watched the snyder cut we watched the original whedon cut of justice league we have thoughts yeah it's also a nice little extension to our Batman episodes. If you haven't caught that yet, you should go back and listen to that. Check it out. Before we do it, obviously this is not a full episode. This is an office hours. It's going to be a little bite for you, a little bite, but but I want to do this real quick. Okay. So the 2021 Zack Snyder's Justice League, which I love, that's the title of it, is his quote unquote representation of the 2017 DC Warner Brothers Justice League. 
And I don't know if I've ever in the history of cinema heard of a movie, a major big time movie migrating from one studio to another to have the original director take hold of it again and make their particular weird vision while being massively funded by another studio. Same company. Kind of. It is in mega corporate money the same, but I will guarantee you the heads at Warner Brothers have nothing to do with this. They do. No, no, this is very true. They really have. It is the heads at HBO who brought this all together. They had something to do with it in the sense that they signed off with it, but most of the players in the original one were disconnected from this version. HBO came to them, said, we'd like to take it and do this with it. Warner Brothers said, hey, look, man, we lost a bunch of money on the original release, the Joss Whedon release. If you guys want to pay us some money, and obviously they even said to themselves, if this is a hit on HBO Max, then also probably morons like myself will also rent the original one (laughs) to see what the difference is, and we will make some money on this. But the big thing is, that uh, Justice League, released by Warner Brothers in 2017, suffered a difficult production, to say the least. Its script underwent major changes a lot. The big main writer on it was obviously Zack Snyder, but Chris Terrio, who got nominated for Academy Award for Argo. Chris Terrio is Ben Affleck's boy, so Chris Terrio is kind of a big hotshot as a writer in Hollywood. And if you'll notice, in the Zack Snyder cut... Cristerio not as involved in the writing. Sadly, and we talked this before, Zack Snyder's daughter passed away and Zack Snyder stepped down when supposedly something like 95% of the movie was done. And in that gap, because Batman versus Superman had come out, hadn't made the money they wanted, there was big backlash against it culturally. Warner Brothers didn't really know what to do because they had already greenlit, it was already going They were already shooting Justice League before Batman v Superman came out. And then Warner Brothers, when Zack Snyder stepped down, basically swooped in and said, this is unwatchable trash because we're going to save it now. And they got Joss Whedon, the guy who made Avengers Age of Ultron, and had him make a cut. I don't know. So just last little things of the history before we just talk about it, but that ostensibly after that Snyder had a a kind of groundswell. There were people who had like petitions on the internet with like a hundred thousand people signing them saying, we want the Snyder cut. We want to see it. And some executive HBO was like, well, that's a, that's an interesting, (laughs) that's an interesting little idea. And they gave Zack Snyder $70 million to make a new version of Justice League, the Zack Snyder Justice League, which we watched. And Nick, what are your thoughts on the Zack Snyder Justice League? It's the first Zack Snyder movie since Dawn of the Dead. I don't hate. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. It. I don't love it. Mm. I'm not even sure I'm gonna say I like it. But there was more in this in this four hours. Yes. Than anything I've liked from him for like. A decade. It is four hours long. We should it is say. four hours. It's six parts and an epilogue. And the epilogue is complete trash. <laughs> it, it is. Slash maybe amazing. It's the whole favorite, movie is this. The epilogue is my favorite part. Yes. And it's talking about a f- sequel that will never get made in a universe mm. that died four years ago. The yes. Snyderverse is gone. 
Zero. And I hated every part of it. But now they show a part of it where it's like you got Iraq War Batman <laughs> going through post-apocalyptic Gotham fighting Jared Superman. Leto. <laughs> it's Superman who is fighting the main Superman, yes. hanging out with Jared Leto. As the Joker, and it's not awful. I mean, Jared Leto still can't act. I will okay. Well, we're 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 jumping way ahead to the end, but I will also say that Zack Snyder coming home to roost, truly, truly saying a lot of this is big fuck yous, I think, also to Warner Brothers of like what they tried to tell him to do, and he was like, I don't want to do that, I want to do my thing. But that for instance, the Jared Little thing is such a fuck you. Like that everyone the most hated portrayal in the history of comic book movies is Jared Leto as a strip club owner, Joker and slash juggalo and all this stuff with the rings and the face tattoos. And to be fair, even though it's Jared Leto as the Joker, that version at the end of the Snyder cut is not that version. It's not. He has long hair. It's not the same. He's doing Blade Runner 2049. He's being the kind of spooky actor that Jared Leto can be. It's a more interesting take. And even that is Snyder being like, you should have just let me run the thing how I wanted. Like, you guys didn't listen to me. This is what I wanted of the Jared Leto Joker. You guys, you fucked it up. Like, it's such a weird idea that he was even allowed to make this. So we're not going to go mega into it. We're just going to talk about this a little bit. But like, I will say this. The thing that kept happening to me while I was watching the Zack Snyder Justice League cut was that Zack Snyder, I guess in a way, particularly with this, is so much more sincere. You know what I'm saying? He's not trying to do the Marvel movies that have this kind of attitude to them and this wildness. He's trying to make these characters who are all super heartfelt and they're super, they're telling the truth all the time. And maybe a character is funny like Ezra Miller's Flash, but that's his personality. There aren't quips, you know what I'm saying? The sad Batfleck character is a much more interesting version of Batman with Affleck. You know what I'm saying? It's that the Zack Snyder Batman who begins the movie, spoiler alert, climbing over a mountain to find Aquaman in a 75 minute long opening sequence where you watch a man ride a horse. That's not a joke. You watch a man ride a horse for what? 10 minutes in the opening sequence. I don't remember it being that long. <laughs> And then he rides a horse over a mountain in Iceland, and then he reveals himself as Batfleck. I was like, that is a good reveal. That is an interesting thing, but I don't know. I don't, just tell me some of your takes. Tell me some of your, your hot takes on... I hate that expression. Anyways, um... What about your Nick picks? I hate that more. as <laughs> my name in it. <laughs> Let me start with the people I don't give a shit about in this movie. Yeah, do it. Wonder Woman... Oh, she has an extended voiceover part. Oh. She has the weirdest accent, dude. This side of Mickey Rourke and Iron Man too. Don't give her lines. We gotta talk. We and well, then Aquaman. I could not give a shit about. <laughs> He's fucking lame as shit. Why does he have a shirt sometimes, and then sometimes he doesn't have a shirt? Where does the shirt come from? Don't care about Superman. I never have. The only connection mm. I've ever had to Superman is that Jerry Seinfeld liked him. I love Superman. And okay, here's also an element. No, no, no. I, let me let me get let yes, me just, continue. Keep it throw. Throw it out. Yes. Here are the people who I surprisingly cared about in this movie. Yes. 
I still like Batman. I know. I still like weird. Sad divorce. Sad divorce. Ben Affleck (laughs) is interesting. Ezra Miller as the Flash. Oh, so good. Is there's that scene where the woman is in a car and it gets hit by a truck because neither one of them are sort of paying attention. And then it's super slow-mo and he travels through the speed of light and helps her and saves her. And that's a moment that it was not in any of the last two DC movies he made where it was just like, it looked good. It worked. The fact like, they cut that scene out. That's crazy. I'm sorry. That's, Joss Whedon cut the movie in half. But cutting that scene, that he scene is so good. Here's the fucking crazy bit. No. I can't believe I have to defend Zack Snyder. Mm. He built character in this. Right. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like, also, he had seven hours to do it. He had seven hours to do it. <laughs> also, this movie has more daddy issues. Oh, yeah. Than the second season of Don't True Detective. Don't go to detective. jail, Billy Crudup. You're my dad. <laughs> and then the biggest disappointment of the actual Justice League movie they released is that they destroyed Cyborg. Cyborg oh, is the problem. best part of this movie. For real. He has an arc. He has this fucking... Oh my God, you give a shit about what yeah. happens to him. Yes. He's like this tragic Job character, and like, except he comes back. Cause like, Superman's not the only person resurrected in this movie. Yeah. Cyborg's resurrected, and he's turned into a goddamn monster. Yeah. And he's the only character in this who's a superhero who's just looking for his own humanity. Yeah. He is the Frankenstein monster, and his dad's the fucking Mary Shelley. And it's like, <laughs> Fuck. I know. It's it, so good. And he has to watch I him hate, disintegrate at one point. Yeah. <laughs> like, your dad's Miles Dyson. <laughs> you didn't have a chance to be normal. Also, Fuck you, Zack Zach Snyder, for making me care about anything in this four-hour movie. <laughs> no, but that was the crazy bit. was exactly as you said. It blew my mind that Snyder was even capable of making the cyborg story and the flash story that he was even capable of registering that these characters, they've never been in DC screens. They've never been in movies. So he has them as kind of the heart through line of these movies or of these movies as well, ostensibly because a four hour, 20 minute long movie is three movies. Three hour and a half long movies is what the Snyder Cut is. And the Cyborg movie is maybe the best of all of them. Yeah. And shame on Warner Brothers and shame on Joss Whedon a little bit. And I understand from what I've heard that Warner Brothers really came down with the classic, like, this movie's going to be two hours long. Exactly. It is going to be 120 minutes long. So you need to cut all this Zack Snyder shit up and make it exactly 120 minutes. And I understand that that is a crazy ask to anybody to come in to then take someone else's movie that's four hours long and turn it into a movie that's two hours long, plus add a bunch of dumb jokes that are supposed to compete with the Marvel jokes, which you know damn well you're not going to be able to fucking compete at this point with, like, Taika Waititi. Like, give me a break. So I feel for all of them a little bit, other than they're rich assholes. But the fact that, like, for instance... Snyder had this huge epic story because we should also say that Snyder wanted three movies. He wanted a movie in which the Justice League comes together and they fight Steppenwolf, who is the bad guy, which in the 
Joss Whedon cut is dressed, as we talked about, like a cosplay character who is a bartender at Caesar's Palace. It looks like Bronson Pinchot in the Whedon version. <laughs> it's but, terrible. But in the Snyder version, he has this whole thing where he's trying to get back into the good graces of his weird, evil royal family yeah. who are like, you're a piece of shit. Like, That's the other thing. His subplot is the other interesting story. Yes. It's like you make a CGI villain interesting enough that you actually are like, holy shit. He's waited like, what? What was it? Like 10,000 years yes, to, go to get a chance just to talk to this motherfucker? Yes. Yes. And that there's all this epic shit about how the Earth was this one place that stood up to Darkseid. And which has always been the thing about Earth, both in DC and Marvel, that it is this weird blue marble that has strange powers about it. Yeah, that the bad guy is actually interesting in the Snyder Cut, but is not. But in the three Snyder movies, it's supposed to be Steppenwolf, and then Darkseid comes in the second movie, and then in the third movie is, quote-unquote, Nightmare, with a K, because of Batman, K-Nightmare, in which... And this is not a joke. This is not a joke. In the second movie, Batman falls in love with Lois Lane and has sex with Lois Lane and cucks Superman. Straight up cucks him. And Superman goes crazy <laughs> and murders everybody except for a ragtag team of what's left of the Justice League. And then that's the whole thing where the Flash tries to come back and be like, don't have sex with Lois Lane. Like, that is for real. So also Zack Snyder's a moron. We have to remember this. And also, I gotta say, there's an element of why this movie works now is because of the context of now. It is not 2017. There has been a Aquaman movie. There has been other stuff. Even Zack Snyder has had time to be like, okay, some of those ideas were bad. <laughs> I get to change a bunch of this so that my ideas seem smarter because he genuinely gets the 2020 of hindsight and how to make this movie. And it's crazy pants. And obviously HBO wanted to get rid of the Snyderverse. They were done with it. So they got rid of all this extra mayhem like Martian Manhunter, which had been around since Man of Steel. But it's crazy because, and I got to tell you this, the very last sequence is... Batfleck, which is one of the ones that they filmed, talking to Martian Manhunter, but it wasn't Martian Manhunter. It, no joke, was Ryan Reynolds dressed up like Green Lantern. And when Warner Brothers saw what HBO and Snyder were doing, they were like, no, 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 no. J.J. Abrams is making a miniseries about Green Lantern that has nothing to do with this. You don't fucking do that. And... They had to turn it into Martian Manhunter, which makes more sense. I don't know. I don't know. What are the crazy takes? I don't know. What are, you, what are you, your thoughts? Also, I didn't see Aquaman movie or those Wonder Woman movies. I just like this. The first Wonder Woman movie. For whatever cool. this is. I mean, that's still not saying much. This movie is still dumb as shit. But um, it is. It's so dumb. <sighs> but I try to watch the Whedon one today. Mm. And I was just like skipping forward through most of it. We talked about it, that, that that's kind of... It's so bad. It's possibly why people really like this Snyder Cut is... as It's a movie. It's an actually a movie. It's an actual movie. And it's, it's that element of like, would you rather have a piece of bologna on white bread 
or eat a piece of glass. <laughs> it's like what's the glass coming from? <laughs> I'm just that the Whedon cut is a piece of glass, and you don't want to eat that. And so a white bread bologna sandwich seems magnificently appetizing in comparison to No, it's still just bologna on white bread. <laughs> right, but in comparison, in comparison to that weed cut, it's trying like trying to find out where this glass is from. Is it a double chico <laughs> bottle? Is it from the alley? Is it from Miller Lite? I mean, we have to bring up the fact that Gal Gadot, look, my comparison of Gal Gadot is one to one that she is a female version of Jean-Claude Van Damme. That is, she is attractive, she is able to do stunts, and she is unable to act in a bizarre, almost charming way in which she, uh, you have to watch out because then the dark side will come. And also, a thousand years ago. And the fact that they give her these monologues. She sounds like she had a stroke. Look, man, I know... And I'm not bashing on the character or the idea. It's we're getting Gal Gadot to read the most lines in the entire movie. This is who we're getting to do the line reads. You have fucking Jeremy Irons in the background. (laughs) And you pick somebody who sounds like they have a tire in their mouth. Oh, I don't know. How about an actual in the universe, a journalist who is played by a magnificent actor who won a fucking Oscar, Amy Adams. How about have her do the goddamn voiceover? Like, she hasn't won an Oscar yet. Oh, well, whatever. But <laughs> she's been nominated for them. Like, I'm just, how many Oscar nominees have been in this? How many Oscar winners are in this? And the one you choose to do the most line reads is Gal Gadot. This went over good at Warner Brothers. They were like, yep, this is it. We nailed it. It didn't go over. That's why it got I caught. know. That's what I'm saying. Like, in the Snyderverse, in the Snyderverse, people can understand what she's saying. I, I guess. See, that's the crazy. Here's the thing, though. I'd rather listen to her mumbled garbage <laughs> than Jason Mimosa. What's his name? What is <laughs> this jackass's name? Mamoa. This fucking male Noah. model yes. with his uh, extensions oh my God. and his fake tattoos. I would rather listen to her recite. Why is he wearing boots? <laughs> he swims around in the ocean. Why is he wearing boots? I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> he said boots on in all the scenes. I, that's what I mean. I, the the fact that it's got this bro culture thing to the entire element all, is still. Zack Snyder is bro culture. He is bro culture. That's true. And I don't know, man. I appreciated that Batman was a much more, like I said, a much more sincere character in this version. And that he's genuinely trying to do something and he's not making smart ass quips. He's genuinely seems concerned and is trying to put something together and it has a much more, the characters have a much more connected through line in the Snyder cut of what they're up to. Like, as you said, it's a plot. It's an actual plot. They're a team. They become a team. The thing I like the least about Batman in this movie has nothing to do with Ben Affleck. It has to do with the fact that Zack Snyder is, we talked about this in the episode, shit on him for 35 minutes. (laughs) Zack Snyder is one of those, like, low-key Republicans Mm. who doesn't think there's anything wrong with greed. I'm a libertarian. So, fuck off. (laughs) Go back to wherever. But anyways, so you have this Zack Snyder person, and this is why his Lex Luthor didn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. He doesn't think there's anything wrong with greed. No. All the jokes Batman makes 
are just how rich he is. Oh my you God. have a satellite? I have six. Ugh. I bought the bank. Uh, I bought the- also, Superman didn't figure out why the house got bought in Kansas. He's Superman. He's of the science class of Krypton. He is a genius mind and way beyond Batman. In that genius mind, he knew he had- a, In that genius mind, he knew as a thank you to Chin Batman, <laughs> he had to offer up- an easy home run joke. Uh, Rigo, I bought the bank, bro. The bank, bro. <laughs> yeah. And the 12 people in the crowd go wild. But this is the problem. He doesn't think there's anything wrong with greed. He has no problem with Batman being a super rich asshole because that's his superpower. But it's like, if there was ever a chance for him to make a comment yeah. about anything, like he already had the movie made. He was just sitting over there at Warner Brothers. He finished some special effects he shot this shit at his house for the ending. It's like, you have Ben Affleck there. He's in the bat suit. You have him in his fucking, you know, duster and his night vision goggles and shit. You have this epilogue. You have this chance where he has it. You can have one line in there about, like, I wish I knew my money couldn't buy a safe future. Yeah. Anything. anything. Just throw anything in there to redeem all of the stupid I, fucking jokes. Most of the people buying this right. on uh, HBO Max probably are using like their unemployment money or whatever money they <laughs> so have true, from dude. their shitty jobs yes. where they're fucking standing around all day going, yes, here you go. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, okay, just fucking mention something. I agree 100%. And also, as I listen to people just sort of, because they have nothing else going on at the end of the pandemic, hopefully, the the Zack Snyder cut has become this kind of cultural phenomenon. And the thing that makes me most infuriated is exactly what you're talking about, where there's this Ayn Rand sort of bullshit where he doesn't really even understand the idea of evil, right? Dark side comes and the evil, which granted is that dark side wants to eradicate everybody and kill everybody, which is evil, but it doesn't really have an ethos to it. He's just, I'm bad. Right. Whereas the one thing that's interesting about some of the Marvel stuff is that Thanos thinks what he's doing is good, which is where true evil comes from. It is, a mundanity like that we talk about that Hitler thought what he was doing was the fucking right thing and it was fucked up and someone has to put a stop to it. But the reason that people supported him was because they also thought it was the right thing to do. And it was a version of insanity and it was fucked up, but this is just bad guys going to bad good guys going to good. And in the middle, there's no commentary of what any of that means. Like why is Aquaman's supposed to be the king. What about him is better than the other fucking guy that is mentioned? That you know, It's like, what about him? The fact that he's kind of a dick? I don't understand. What about him is better? And what's crazy is what we talked about is that Cyborg and Flash display actual humanity. They display that they are trying to do something even in the face of all this terrible shit that has happened to them. They are trying to be positive and be good and help people even as the world collapses around them in the most epic of ways. But exactly like you said, Batman, for whatever reason, can't say this shit. He can't be this. He has to just be a rich Anne Rand dildo who must do this because... 
Because? Because I'm rich. I'm rich, and uh, I've decided, and uh, it's in the script. And even though there's these epic scenes about the ancient past, which I gotta say, as dope as that ancient fight scene between Darkseid and the ancient heroes of basically the Justice League from like 10,000 years ago, the fact that Gal Gadot figured out that entire storyline from looking at cave paintings... (laughs) It was like, she looked at some cave paintings. It was like, the entire story was that the Green Lantern came and then he got his head chopped off by a dark side. Like, how would you know this? How would you know any, like, the, the, <laughs> the point-to-point plot stuff in this movie is still stupid as fuck. But it has, I will say, the Snyder Cut has a charm to it. Much like truly those goofy-ass original Snyder movies where does 300 make any sense? No. Does it have a plot? No. But it has a charm to it. You know, it has a... I see a charm in it. It may not be our type of charm, but it's... Do you like hot man chest? Do you like people (laughs) throwing people into wells? I don't know. I can see all this without watching 300. (laughs) We did watch 300. (laughs) I know. I watched 300 for our shit upon Zack Snyder episode. Mm-hmm. And if I ever have to watch it again, I'll go full uh, city slickers and pretend I'm sleeping. <laughs> it's a wild ass idea that they would even make this, that this would even occur, that this movie would even come out. So I'll give him credit on that. I feel like Snyder is so connected to the time period that he lives in more than anything else, because When you go back and watch 300 now, it is not a very good movie. When you go back and you watch Sin City, it is not a very good movie. He didn't make Sin City. But he was like, he was produced it. It's Snyder being involved with a lot of the Frank Miller stuff, beginning to be involved with a lot of the comic book stuff, becoming the the Snyder-verse of DC. And that now we're at this point where we register him as being a better artist because it fits into our weird dystopian timeline now, I feel like he is one of these guys who is a true pop musician of the time where he figures out a way to write a pop song that comes out exactly at that moment that people will like it but will not age well. And I don't think that as much as people like the Snyder Cut, I don't know if it's going to age well. It's not going to age well. It's dumb now. I don't think yeah. he's any better of an artist. More than anything, I don't think I will be as surprised by anything else. Mm. Just the simple fact that anything in this worked. Yeah. I have a leg injury. I had three days to kill before I went back to work. <sighs> I decided to waste four hours watching this movie. Am I happy I did it? Kind of. <laughs> will I ever watch this again? Not a fucking chance in hell. This movie's dumb. It's just not as loud and as dumb as his other movies. Mm. And if there's ever going to be like a cyborg cut mm. where I could just watch Cyborg and uh, The Flash. It's the best story. I'll watch that. It's honestly, there's stories within it hidden. And I also liked the weird ancient history thing. I liked that. I thought that was so different and weird as a comic book nerd to really have this ancient heroes mayhem stuff. But you're right. I agree. It's such dumb nonsense, most of it. And yeah, I know 
Batfleck got to have some reshoot stuff with him. Yeah, where he weighs like a hundred pounds less because yes. he has no. He looks better. He does. He lost all the giant bulky Zack Snyder muscle, <laughs> and he's just like, "Hi, I'm Ben Affleck. I don't know how to carry coffee around." <laughs> I need your pecs to make my dick hard. What'd you say, Zach? Nothing. I will say also the Whedon cut. Some of the shit that they put in there, particularly towards women, is preposterously stupid. I know it's secretly Martian Manhunter, but the scene that Martha Clark and Lois Lane have in the Snyder Cut is genuinely kind of heartfelt, where she's talking to her and she's like, you haven't gone back to work. And I know shit is messed up. And I know your boyfriend to husband died, but I'm his mom. You got to take a shower. You got to go back to work. Like people need you. And in the weed inversion, it's just this dumbass thing where they're just chatting to pass the Bergdahl test. It is the stupidest bunch of bullshit. I don't know. I like, the Snyder cut is just as dumb towards women. Agreed. It's just, it's better than Joss Whedon's it's, terrible punch-up dialogue. Right. But like I said, even though it is dumb, it is more sincere. It, it's sincere in the fact that everybody spends all their time worrying about their dad. And then <laughs> yes. the mom is like a side issue. Yes. Who's not like a real character. And then there's oh, Lois sh- Lane. Yeah. Who just is like there for Superman to remember who he is. The fact that also in that Ayn Rand shit, he can't understand Superman. From Zack Snyder's Ayn Rand universe, he can't understand the idea of an egalitarian superhero. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get the idea of an immigrant superhero who is so grateful that he was able to stay alive and was able to have parents who raised him who were not his own parents and that he is going to do everything in his power to make sure the forces of good and decency stay alive, which is also why him and Batman actually get into fights because Batman is a rich asshole. Who's a psychopath and Superman is not that he was always raised poor and that he can't even have any of that humanity come through in super. And that when Superman comes back, it's not just his superpowers that are important. It's that Superman is clever and smart and looks at things from a different perspective. He looks at it from a perspective of decency and honor, like, and that you should try to look out for people. And the weakest person is the person you should protect the most. And that never comes through in any Snyder stuff. And that's why Superman is never an interesting character in any of Snyder stuff is because he legitimately cannot understand it. He gets Batman because that's kind of who or a side of Batman, a version of Batman, because he gets that money can fix problems and stuff. And it's sad when sad things happen to you, but you still should beat people up. But like, man, that element, the even in this cut, Superman has no character to him. And Superman is one of the most interesting characters in all of media. And even now, part of why people like it is they see Henry Cahill and they're like, oh, the Witcher. Oh, he's he's this better actor than we thought. And they're putting that onto him in the Snyder cut, even though 
He's doing nothing. He's saying nothing. He's being, he's fucking goddamn Superman. <laughs> he has no agency. Superman has no agency. Other than, oh, Lois here. Me not mad no more. Hope Batman doesn't cuck. Because then Superman go crazy. Like, that's literally all he's setting up. Why you buy house for me, Batman? Because I'm Batman and I got money. Like, thanks, Batman. Like, that's literally, I mean, I'm pretty close on the lines that really actually very talented Henry Cahill has to deliver. And I felt bad for him the whole fucking time. <laughs> I only felt bad for me when I was watching this. Well, that's, <laughs> he's goddamn Superman. And you don't do anything with him at all. The fact that he comes in in the third act, he's there. And all he does is help take the mother boxes. Also, they're called mother boxes apart. That's it. He's Superman. The whole reason they tried to show up was because he was dead. And now that he's here, he should just like go and fucking annihilate their ships and throw them into the sun. Like it's kind of the conundrum of writing for Superman because he's a God. But luckily He's a Kansas-born god who is nice to everybody. And if he was a dick, that would be a problem, which he also understands of what he wants to make of his apocalyptic movie. But I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, all right, all right. We've talked about this enough. Any final takes on uh, this goofy-ass movie that everyone seems to love for some reason? Just watch The Dark Knight again. (laughs) Keith forever. You know what? I will say this. Skip ahead to the cyborg stuff. The cyborg stuff, the flash stuff. It's genuinely good. It's genuinely interesting. But man, a lot of it is still real stupid. And uh, it's four hours long. It's four hours long. It's four hours better spent watching this than the two hours to watch the weed version. Absolutely. Oh, also, we didn't shit on the weed version enough. It is trash. It is unwatchable trash. It is convoluted. It doesn't have a story. It fails at every level. The fact that it made any money is just a testament to how many people care about these fucking characters. And it's bizarrely bad. And I know that it's not really Joss Whedon's fault in certain ways because they basically just tossed him in at the end and were like, fix it. (laughs) I don't know, man. I guess I'll... ADR in some lines and bring hungover Batman in to do some dumbass line deliveries. So him and Jason Momoa have snarky dialogue and I'll make an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that has superheroes in it for two hours. I don't know. It's it's trash. But you know what? The Snyder Cut is also kind of some trash. It's dumb as hell. <laughs> I'm glad we talked about this, though. I'm glad we got this out of our system. You know, everybody well, else is doing it. Brian Tepps, Brian, Super Producer Brian Tepps has a thought. Should you watch the Snyder I don't think we even need to say whether or not people should watch the Snyder mm. Cut. No one's going to watch it based on what we say. Mm. By the time this is up, the people who have wanted to see it, yeah. out of pure curiosity or waiting for the weekend, right. will have seen it. And the people who are like, oh, man. I set three alarms on my phone to make sure I knew it was happening around their fourth viewing going, look, there it is. I told you JK Simmons winks. You know what it reminds me of? Truly, truly. 
and it's not exactly one-to-one because like I said, there's genuinely some good stuff with some of it in there. There's genuinely some good stuff. But I remember when like episode one came out and there were people who were like, but isn't it cool that you get to see like where C-3PO came from? Isn't it cool? And they were saying this stuff and you're like, you're going to be wrong on this. I'm telling you right now, it seems kind of cool, but you're going to be wrong on this. But I will say that the interesting thing too, is that I will give Warner brothers this. They have since this, since cutting loose from Snyder, they are going more in what I truly think is a DC way where they're not trying to go one-to-one with Marvel like Snyder was. They're doing something more like DC where it's like, fuck it. We're going to have a bunch of people make a bunch of movies with these characters. And sometimes it's going to be played by this actor and be this take on it. But sometimes it'll be this actress who plays this and it'll be this take on it. It'll be wildly different. They're not exactly the same universe. This version of Joker will be different than this version of Joker. This version of this will be different. Fuck it. We're just going to make DC movies. They don't all have to tie together into a big universe. We can just make cool movies. That's the impression I'm starting to get from the Warner Brothers DC, and I think that's the smarter way to go. I think the R-Pats Batman will be cool. Whether or not the Joaquin Joker ever shows up in that universe, it doesn't matter. Like, if you like the Joaquin Joker, like that movie. If you like the R-Pats Batman, like that movie. Like, that, they will be these interesting separate pieces and trying to create a cohesive universe that is a big movie universe is something that Marvel did better in the comics and they've done better in movies. DC will never be that. You should just make interesting stories with these interesting characters and I don't think that their attempt to let Snyder all tie it together into one big Snyderverse worked, even though this is his last desperate attempt to wag his dick around and say, see, 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 I I had some ideas. And it's like, yeah, you did have some ideas. You did, but too little, too late. Any other takes there, pal? Pretty much said everything already. I love you. I love you. Super producer Brian Tepps. This has been Office Hours here at the Blockbuster Film School. If you love us, please follow our Instagram, Blockbuster Film School. Nicholas Sauter does an amazing job on that. And, uh, you know, we have a Patreon. Feel like throwing us some bucks. That's dope. We love you guys. We will be doing this as much as we can every week. We've all been trying to keep ourselves together before Superman goes crazy. And we have to hang out with Deathstroke in the future or whatever the shit is going on. Also, last thing, such a bummer, though, that you get one decent scene with Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, and it's only, once again, at the end of, in the final death rattle of the Snyderverse, in the last 15 minutes of a four-hour movie, and you finally get to see what maybe Jesse Eisenberg could have been as Lex Luthor. Could have done that. Could have had that. But what are you going to do? What are you gonna do? All right, team. It's been Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Hit us up. Say hello. We love you guys. We'll see you next week.